struggle to save my scientific career at the University of Greenwich. I was born into a Hindu Brahmin family on the 15th of January 1957 and came to Britain as a 15-year-old boy accompanying my parents of whom my father, Dr. Gopinath Panigrahi, was on Government of India deputation as the Indian Liaison Officer in Kew Gardens between 1973 and 1976. My family returned to India leaving me to continue with my education in Britain. My father came from a very poor farming family but had done so very well in early schooling that he secured scholarships to study further with the result that he eventually came to Britain during 1952-1954 and completed his PhD in botany from the University of Leeds. He published around 350 scientific papers and wrote a few books during his career, becoming an expert in taxonomy and plant nomenclature. He was honored by the Indian government with the Janaki Amal Prize late into his retirement. I had a brother and two sisters, the elder sister being a university lecturer with her husband being an economist, and the younger sister a school teacher. My brother suffered from mental illness and did not develop a career. My schooling days in the UK were pleasant and full of sporting activities, having represented my school and college at badminton almost throughout and being awarded full colours for services to badminton at Chelsea College, University of London. I also played village cricket until my early 40s. After graduating from the University of London in 1978 having studied pharmacology, I took a PhD studentship at Hatfield Polytechnic but left it within a few months once the restrictions on my passport had been lifted by the Home Office as I was granted indefinite leave to remain in the United Kingdom. I did not wish to return to India to live with my family but wished independence. I joined the Tropical Products Institute in August 1979. I purchased a house while still single and obtained a naturalization certificate in 1984 and a British passport the same year. In 1985 I married the daughter of a professor of education in India through my father's efforts and we were blessed with a daughter in 1990. I developed a highly successful career as a research scientist and during that time I studied for a PhD from the University of Reading in 1988 and also completed 6 out of 7 units of a MSc in Agricultural Development with distinction level marks. I published 39 scientific articles and visited some tropical countries in which project work was conducted. This research was revisionary in nature and exposed the fact that the earlier literature from Western science was not only inadequate to serve the needs of developing countries, Frequently incorrect recommendations were made on commodities such as cottonseed meal, palm kernel meal, sunflower meal, coconut meal and cassava, so that countries were losing out economically by following the guidance given. The institute changed names several times and the turning point came as it was selected under the government's next step scheme for agency status as the Natural Resources Institute, NRI, before being privatized to the University of Greenwich. This was when a hitherto unblemished career suffered a blowout as staff were caught up in a dogfight to try and save their jobs. Jobs were only safe if one had sufficient funded projects to manage and conduct. I was a non-ruminant livestock nutritionist but since 1991 the emphasis of the livestock department's work had shifted from a general livestock perspective to a ruminant focus and we were expected to train ourselves in this area. I took up this challenge readily but found the attitude of senior staff, in particular, Professor Margaret Gill, a Scottish lady, very disconcerting. I considered this to be the result of racial discrimination and jealousy. Over time I realized that I was being denied project funds with a view to my redundancy. I fought this by devising new projects but could only secure minor projects which were to guarantee a short-term future. I continued with laboratory work much to the annoyance of Professor Maggie Gill for she could not stop me conducting research work while I still had a job whether or not I had a project. I decided to stretch out existing projects for as long as possible. In 1997, 
40 staff were made redundant and I only escaped that round of cuts by having some important project completion work to do. Things came to a head in November 1996 when the root crops and poultry diets project in Cameroon was coming to an end. The livestock production program manager, Dr. Richard Matthewman, had suddenly found some extra money from the Department of International Development to be spent that financial year and issued a call for new projects or project extensions. When I tried to get the root crops project extended I encountered considerable hostility. I had not been satisfied with the technical progress in the field and put forward a proposal to investigate a few poultry diet improvements. Instead of addressing the proposal that I had put forward the program manager's response was to ask me to fill in a project completion summary sheet to signify that the project had ended. I questioned him about it which led him to write to me saying that I was applying for funds under false pretenses. The comment hurt me a great deal as it called into question my reputation, and I asked him why he was asking me to complete a project completion form when his earlier email had made it perfectly clear that he was still considering a project extension to the root crops project. He denied that it was still under consideration. The important thing however was that the messages were being merely relayed to me by Dr. Matthewman pretending to be acting for himself when the true situation was that Professor Gill was actually making the decisions. I did not get a project extension but exposed Professor Gill and Dr. Matthewman to being deceivers, and brought the matter to the attention of the acting director, Professor John Perfect. This incident was a major turning point as I had exposed racial discrimination in the allocation of research funds, which led senior management to gang up against me from that point onwards. Subsequently I found that all my major project proposals including for the Department for International Development's Flexibility Fund and Darwin Initiative were being blocked unreasonably and obstacles were being placed in my path to ensure that I did not succeed. At the same time I had a budget manager to satisfy and had to show that I was trying my best to secure project funds for the department, for the departments were run as separate entities each having to survive to exist. In the summer of 1997 the department received calls for concept notes and I was encouraged to take part in the development of concept notes for submission. One person chosen as a bid coordinator was a Mr. David Jackson with whom I shared an office. When my progress was hampered again I decided to complain and wrote a strongly worded memorandum to him, copied to my head of department, Dr. Barry Blake and the then director of the institute Professor Willis. The purpose of the memorandum was to demonstrate that I was a valuable member of staff because of my superior technical understanding of the subject matter and so the right person for the task of submitting a concept note and taking part in the project but for the fact that I was being racially discriminated against and marginalized out of funds. 